welcome to the JoyCast, episode five, Is Joy the Goal? I want to begin today with something called a rampage of appreciation, which is something I learned from Abraham Hicks. You can look them up on YouTube, and I love this process. I want to demonstrate it to you from time to time just so you can give it a try. So today is the last day of school. Hello, summer. I love summer. Today, I'm so grateful for the most delicious massage. I have the best massage therapist, and I will not shame, share her name on here because she's so good. She's super booked already, but if you live in the Houston Kingwood area and you want to message me, I will give you her contact info. Anyway, she really helped me today, and I felt so amazing after. I always bring my favorite essential oils with me to the massage and I put it in the face cradle and I just love having all of my senses lighting up in the experience. The smell of these oils, the sound of soft spa music, the warmth of the hot stones, the warm table, the hot towels, the perfect pressure massage that just moves all my tension right out of my muscles. I'm so grateful for my hot shower after a massage. I'm grateful for all of the friends that I got to talk on the phone with today. I talked to four different friends on my way to the massage, on my way back, on my walk this morning, and on another walk this evening. One person that I talked to is actually my cousin, but believe me, we are best friends and I love her. I'm grateful for all the great food that I had to eat today. I love eating nutritious foods with lots of light and life in them. Thank you for air conditioning on this hot summer day. Thank you for laughter. Thank you for the squirrels running up and down the tree in my yard. I love my flower garden. I'm growing zinnias from seeds and they are magnificent. I'm so grateful for all the neighbors around me who love to get together impromptu. We splashed around in the pool last night and we talked and laughed. There was so much pleasure available to me. I'm having such a good time. Life is joyous. I came to this life to have fun. I'm joyful. I am living happily ever after. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that is what a rampage of appreciation looks like. And I hope you'll try it. You know, just it's like gratitude, right? And just lumping all your gratitude together in one sweep. I want to tell you about walking with a friend this week. And she's the kind of friend, you know, my favorite kind of friend who can just plunge into deep conversation within the first few minutes of getting together. So as our conversation meandered into the deep, she said, you know, I sometimes wonder if joy is even the goal or is it just contentment? And this really got me thinking because, you know, I am a lot about joy and this is the joy cast. So is joy the goal? I love the question so much. What do you think about that? I imagine if we took a whole room full of people and asked them all this question, we would get many different responses, and I bet it would be about 50-50. Those who would say, yes, of course, joy is the goal. And the other half who would say, no, joy is totally overshooting it. I'm satisfied with contentment. 
The answer to her question, of course, is it's entirely up to you. Joy can be the goal if that's what you decide is the goal. Who decides if joy is the goal of your life? Who decides? You do, of course. And maybe you're more of a contentment kind of person. Is there anything at all wrong with that? Of course not. You get to make anything the goal of your life. It's your life. You could even decide that hate is the goal if you want. And I'm sure you'd be a lot of fun to hang out with. So let's play with her idea. Is joy even the goal? I know for most of my life, I really have thought that goal, the goal, was happiness. I just want to be happy, right? I just want to make you happy. What will make me happy? What can I do to make you happy? Happiness has always seemed to be the goal. These days, it's way more trendy to say, that brings me so much joy. It's such a common phrase now, right? Sometimes we're talking about a piece of furniture or some beautiful shoes or a piece of chocolate cake or a person. This brings me so much joy. But is it really true? Does the thing bring us joy? Or do we find joy in it? I remember being a child in church. I grew up Catholic and we went to church every single Sunday. And I also went to Catholic school, so I attended a lot of masses in my childhood. And church would always make me sleepy. I would be sitting close to my family and I was warm and the sermon was always a little over my head, so I couldn't really focus on it. And just the smell, the quiet, the music, I would always start yawning. I could go on for days about all the ways that I'd try to entertain myself in church. I would do word searches in the hymnals. I would find something that I've never seen before in the stained glass, like a little bird or a vine or a symbol hiding somewhere in the design. I would try counting all the blue shirts I could see. I'd play the piano, pretend on my knees. I did love the singing in church, and I loved walking up for communion, and I loved kneeling down to say my prayers. But for the most part, church was pretty boring. And I would say that to people out loud. I don't really get anything out of it. And do you know what everyone would say to me about that? You don't come to church to get something out of it. It's what you bring to church that determines what you get out of it. I even remember priests giving sermons on this. And I remember thinking to myself that all these grown-ups must think I'm stupid. I knew they were so bored too. But I guess in the end, it is ultimately true. If you want to go to church, if you love church, and you're going week after week, and you're thinking the whole time that church is boring, it's probably going to live up to your expectations. But if you go there looking for all there is to love about it, then I bet you're going to get a lot out of it. Or maybe your experience, if you're bored, will 
make you decide you want to try a different church or don't go to church. I don't know. It's your life, right? But you'll be off on a new adventure. And the same is true for school or work or family gatherings or book club. If you don't find joy in it, then here's my question. Have you ever considered that maybe you are the fun that this gathering is waiting for? How could you make it more fun? Maybe you would love to play a game or make a puzzle. Bring a game. Bring a puzzle. Maybe you would love to make the cooking a team effort. That's fun. Maybe you'd like to hide a surprise for the kids to find. Maybe it would be more enjoyable if you could have a meaningful conversation with just one person. And then you could tell them, hey, I'd love to sit and connect with you. I've been missing you. Or maybe you just want to sit quietly, content at this family gathering, and maybe that's just your speed. That's great. Having the thought that family gatherings are boring is going to create a boring experience for you. Having the thought that church is boring is going to create a boring experience for you. Same with school. There's very little chance that you're going to be surprised and delighted if that's your thought about it. But if you get curious about why it's boring and ask yourself, how can I make this more fun? You might just bring the fun. So if the question is, is joy the goal or is it just contentment? How would you answer that question? Honestly, sometimes contentment is all I need. I'd say that contentment is a really nice resting place for most humans. Have you ever just watched a content baby or a content dog or cat? They're just sitting there looking around, needing nothing. Content. That's a pretty good state. But have you ever seen a happy baby? A happy dog? Do cats ever show that they're happy? I guess they do get really playful sometimes. And that is just the chef's kiss, isn't it? Joy is at the top of the pyramid of all the possible emotions that we can have. I don't think we're really going for joy at all times. But for me, it is what I'm reaching for. It is always what I'm seeking. And not in a toxic positivity way. I'm very, very interested in this notion of toxic positivity. Because look, I've operated as a hopeless optimist my whole life. I am a glass half full. I'm a lemonade out of lemons kind of person. And a lot of people try to talk me out of this. A lot of people tell me it's easier to avoid disappointment if you're expecting something to go wrong. You won't ever get your heart broken. You won't have an accident if you're cautious. You might prevent problems if you would just worry more. People are going to take advantage of you. People will be able to lie to you and get away with it because you're so gullible. And you know what? All of that came true. I've had my heart broken. I've had accidents. I've been lied to big time. And even after I found out the truth, I still found it impossible to become a, a constantly 
suspicious person. I can't. And why? I'm not wired that way. It's too much negative energy. I don't enjoy it. So toxic positivity is the belief that no matter what, you should maintain a positive mindset. Dismissing your negative emotions and spinning every situation, no matter how difficult, into a positive. That's toxic positivity. An obsession with positive or optimistic thinking with no acknowledgement of the very real fact that as human beings, we are going to experience both negative and positive emotions. So I get what the internet is saying about toxic positivity. I really do. I even really relate to the message that we don't want to feel good about all the bad things that happen in our lives. No, we don't want to feel good about our trauma. We don't want to spin that into a positive. We don't want to feel good about loss and grief. No. We don't want to put a positive spin on tragedy. Of course not. We must tell the truth about those experiences. If only to ourselves, we have to acknowledge what it is really like for us. What are you really thinking? What are you actually feeling? We want to give these hard experiences all of our compassion. We want to slip into deep self-care mode and be so, so gentle with ourselves when times are hard. And this is hard to learn, especially when all of our lives we've been avoiding the feelings of our negative emotions. We think that feeling bad is a problem, but it's not a problem. It's normal. It's real and it's temporary. We will get back to feeling good soon enough. We'll get back to contentment and eventually we will even reach joy again. Being an optimist doesn't mean never feeling negative emotions. It just means that you prefer to dwell in the land of positive possibility rather than dwelling in the dark side where you're convinced that nothing ever works out. One of my very favorite thoughts is, everything is always working out for me. I say this to myself all the time. Even when I'm running late, I might get behind a traffic slowdown. I say, everything's always working out for me. When I place an order for something and it's out of stock, everything's always working out for me. When I have plans with a friend and it gets canceled, everything's always working out for me. This is where joy and positivity and optimism come in really handy in your daily life, woven into regular everyday experiences. You could spin in anger and frustration about small things and say to yourself, why do these things always happen to me? Or you could say, Everything is always working out for me. And look for evidence of how it does all work out. Even if I am sitting at home with canceled plans, I can always find something that I've been meaning to do or something that feels like fun, like reading a book 
or writing a letter to my mom or organizing old photos or drawing something with my new gel pens or cooking something delicious. I have a joke that I say to myself all the time that my favorite plans are canceled plans. Because when plans are canceled, suddenly I have a lot of time. And I always feel like I could use more of that. Life is fun. Life is joyful. There's so much great opportunity here for us to find peace and contentment, even happiness and joy. We can be the creators of joy for ourselves and for our families. It's not what you see is what you get. It's how you look at it is what you get. How do you want to look at your life? I just want you to know you have options. So I do encourage you to seek joy. Give joy a chance. Notice where you find it. Welcome it in. And when negative emotions arise, feel them. Offer yourself compassion. We're going to talk more about this in upcoming episodes, and I look forward to exploring giving yourself compassion. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll see you next time. Hey, sunshine, would you like to create more joy in your life? Having a life coach is honestly so much fun. You figure out where you are right now and where you'd like to go, and we get you there. We're going to talk once a week over Zoom so you can be anywhere in the world and we can work together. Click the link in the show notes and sign up for a free session to see what it's all about. And if you're not quite ready to sign up for a session, no problem. Get on my email list and get some regular inspiration in your inbox. I can't wait to work with you. Love you, sunshine.